welcome to the NLPcourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Right, okay then, so let's take it out of the, maybe the heated debate with the relationship. And so what about politics then? Because uh, everyone knows how safe it is to talk about politics. So how could we get into agreement if we've got different political views, let's say? Absolutely. And I, it, was, it was great because I had this question last week from a, a friend of mine who's uh, out traveling and meeting different people. And he met a woman and she could not stop talking about politics. This was just after the election in America. And she kept bringing up how much she hated uh, Trump, for instance. And you know, I told him with this, you always want to chunk up to a higher intention. The specifics, the finer details is where we're going to find disagreement at. But if we can go to some kind of higher intent, say, such as uh, the health of the world or the success of um, all the countries living um, healthily and collaboratively to the betterment of mankind, that's going to be hard for somebody else to disagree with. So how this would look specifically, I, and I was working with him on this, is that say you meet this person and she says, oh, well, you're from America. And then she has this dispute. I hate Donald Trump because he hates women or he has terrible financial policies or whatever it is. You go ahead and you listen to what she has to say and then you don't disagree with her, but instead you go ahead and chunk it up so you can find agreement. So for this case, I would say, yeah, it really is awful when people treat women terribly or it really is awful when somebody isn't able to make a, com- a country prosperous. For examples, with both the specific Donald Trump and with maybe a general one in financial policies, if you chunk those up, she can agree with those. She can agree that that it's not an okay thing for women to be treated that way by somebody. And that's something that she can agree with you on. You're building rapport there. And then you can even head into a leading statement such as, I would also say that it's important for a country to be successful in their admiration and respect for the opposite sex, especially at the highest level. This is something that she can also agree with and she'll affirm. And when she does that, you're going to build rapport with her. You're not going to be down on that lower level of conversation. And in just moments, you've built a connection and a bridge to a relationship. Whereas before, if you stayed up on that lower level, you would have just found dissension, disagreement, and you guys wouldn't have been able to come together. Okay, excellent. So that's a form of of pace-pace lead from a rapport point of view. Uh Uh-huh. And I think one of the key things you said there is not to make somebody wrong. 
And so Absolutely. You, if you're in a relationship and you're making the other person wrong all the time, that's going to make life real hard. And this it definitely is, is, yeah. Yes, and being able to sort of um, use the language so you, you chunk up to agreement and chunk up is going up to the big picture. There's lots of jargon in NLP. <laughs> and um, going up to this big picture of agreement, then you're more likely to be able to keep the conversation going. Exactly, yeah. And have you had any examples of using this in your coaching sessions with uh, sort of, you know, with your clients building relationships? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a woman comes to me and she's having a problem with um, a man and she labels him a certain certain name or calls him um, a narcissist, for instance. And that keeps her held back from understanding her point of view and where she can go ahead and empower her life. So, for instance, she continues down the road of saying that it's all him, it's all him, and he did all these things to me. Well, I want to go ahead and agree with her that, you know, it's something that she's in this situation now, and he may have been a part of that, but it's also now all on her, and she has the empowerment to take it up to the higher level. So I would ask her, wouldn't you agree that your life and where you are now might just be where it's headed because of where you are now and what you're going to do about it? And so when I do that, I chunk it up, and then I might even ask, wouldn't your highest intention be to go ahead and live successfully now? And doing that, she can agree with that, and then everything else can come to an agreement at some kind of level um, but the most important thing is connected to that highest level for sure excellent excellent and, and i think what the, one of the key things that you demonstrated there which i think is at the heart of nlp is that people are at cause they are responsible for their own life and when somebody else gives their power away and say somebody they're doing this to me um they the danger is they become a victim of in that relationship Exactly, exactly. We don't want them to be victims. We want them to have the power to live the life that they want to live. All right, fabulous. Now, one of the things, uh, phrases, when we were talking about doing this podcast is that you use um, relationships like parts integration. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, well, is that when somebody says, a uh, part of me wants to date the bad boy or the bad girl, but part of me doesn't, but still <laughs> going back and forth? <laughs> so I was kind of intrigued by your phrase there, relationships are like parts integration. Can you expand on that for me, Sean? Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show is NLP Train the Trainer. For those of you that have ambition to develop a teaching career as an NLP practitioner, Apply for your place on this world-class training by heading over to the website. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, parts integration was absolutely one of my favorites. And looking at relationships, I noticed that every kind of relationship, any kind of system, um, what they are is just two parts coming together. It's the same thing uh, as if somebody's trying to go on a diet. One part of them wants the chocolate cake and one part of them wants to go to the gym. In a relationship, you know, maybe one part, uh, the wife wants to go dancing and the husband wants to stay at home with the kids, watch movies. And when you can recognize these parts, then what you can do is you can chunk them up 
and when you chunk them up, you can go to the highest intention, which is generally going to be a relationship that's coexisting for positive and beneficial reasons. And just about always a relationship, a person is in a relationship because it does them good. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean it always does them good, but in their map of the world and in their thoughts, they think the relationship is good or they wouldn't be in it. And so with that presupposition, we look at why they're in that relationship and what their behavior is doing for them. Then we can always chunk up to the highest intention of that relationship. So if it's a husband and wife raising kids, in general, it's going to be the success of the relationship as well as the raising of the kids successfully is a highest intention that we can chunk up to. And when we look at that, the husband, the wife, they can both agree on that highest intention. So if the wife wants to go dancing and the husband wants her to stay in and wants to uh, watch movies with the kids, we can both look at those for maybe the wife wants to uh, relax after taking care of the kids um, and unwind. And by doing that, unwinding, she can be better prepared to take care of the kids on Sunday, which contributes to her being a good mother, teaching her daughter maybe how to paint or something. And at that point, it's contributing to that highest intention of having those kids taken care of. And then when we can get the husband to realize that as well, that by him wanting to stay, watch the movies with the kids, spend time with them, chunking all those ideas up, they both ultimately want the same thing for that relationship. However, when anything is chunked up to that highest level and they have two different intentions, then that's likely when you know that the relationship should be over. Oh, okay. And that's quite a significant find then if... We go go through this process where we go, okay, then we're both in this relationship. Um, it seems underneath we want some things different. And if we got to the bigger picture, which we refer to as chunking up, that can create a, a relationship bond or actually discover that it might be time to move on from a relationship. Have I got, understood that correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. And I could even use the logical levels on this and say, you know, who is it really that you are when you're in this relationship? And for instance, if a, a woman just wanted to be in a relationship because it made her feel like um, she was valued and she had the... Um, she came to find herself as the party girl or the one that just valued going out, hanging out with friends. And the man's more looking towards marriage, commitment, and settling down. Those two highest intentions, they don't really match. Who he is, who he wants to be on that logical level is higher. It's of a different value than what she values. And in that highest intent, they don't necessarily match. Wow. Yes. And, and that is probably better to find that out early on in the relationship rather than five years into a marriage exactly and it's interesting because it changes you know sometimes we contribute to a person's values and they contribute to different values of ours so how so what how would you make the distinction because i was thinking you know sometimes maybe a couple's been together many years and life become a bit comfortable then it moves into maybe a bit of a bit of a rut and they want to still be together, but maybe that spark's gone and you're chunking up and maybe the highest intent, the the, the big picture, they may sh have shifted and want different things, but still want to be together. How would you handle that? 
So I look at it, and at a lower level, you can look at the values and say, you know, for instance, she fulfills his values in this way, and, she, and he fulfills her values in this way, and they could be totally different ways that they fulfill each other's values. But in chunking that all the way up, I look at the man and the woman, and if he's truly happy and he lives in a better way by being with her, and the same could be said with her as well, that with together and they live better together, then at that point, having that connection is beneficial for them, then that applies to be a positive benefit for them in their life. All right, excellent. So you've mentioned earlier, before we started talking about parts and uh, the integration, uh, about anchoring. So how, how have you used anchoring within the relationship coaching? It's incredible how... Nobody really knows how we're always anchoring other people. Um, it's always happening. And it's, it's fascinating to go into this and help people learn how to anchor people better so they're not associating them with negative things. The common example that I like to talk to is a man gets off of work and maybe he had a stressful day. There was a lot going on. You know, the first thing he does is he sits on the couch and he talks to his wife complaining about the whole day that went by. And when you do this, all these negative feelings are coming out. You're just anchoring all these negative emotions to yourself in your wife. And when this happens, she associates all this negativity with you. So at a later time, or even when she's thinking about you coming home during the day, she's just thinking of negativity and what you're going to say that's negative and going to bring her down. Wow, that sounds like it happened real fast. So, whereas we used to look at our partners and the birds sung and the sun shone, and then they managed to anchor this negative state, how do we bring it back to the birds singing and walking on air when we experience our partners? I always say that the, the energy is what you focus on. And so, if, if somebody's bringing me negative energy, I don't want to go ahead and blatantly acknowledge that and bring up something where I tell them that they don't need to tell me negative things because that is just me um, anchoring more negativity towards them. If I tell them how to behave, that's me playing a father figure where that might not necessarily be a role in the relationship. And it's also bringing resistance likely with her and negative emotions of her having to resist me in my communication. Right. And Instead, what I like to do is maybe just disacknowledge those kind of things and acknowledge the positive things. So, for example, and I had this with a friend of mine. He was um, driving in a car, and his girlfriend in the passenger seat wanted to bring up all this negativity. And, you know, it was I think she was in school and talking about all these bad things. And what he did is he just looked away. You just look away and, and bring your attention to something else. And the moment when she starts talking about positive things, uh, maybe something that she did that, that challenged her and she overcame a uh, challenge and she was braver for it, that's when I really want to engage and bring attention to that. And so if I was in that car, I'd look over and I'd say, that's great, baby. Just tell me about it. Tell me more about it. I love it when you overcome challenges. And when you do that, it starts to condition a person to understand that you appreciate the positive a whole lot more than the negative. So so what would you say to people's maybe criticism about that's just positive thinking? There's still problems. And if you don't deal with the problems, then you're going to have more problems down the line. 
Exactly. And it depends how you want to deal with the problems. If you really want to create the relationship where it's positive and happy, you can definitely do that. Now, the problems that you're experiencing in a relationship are generally coming from yourself, and you can always change yourself. If it is the case where somebody's not relating well with you or doing the things that you want to do in a relationship, it's not really time for you to tell them how their behavior should be unless you have that kind of relationship with them. So it does come to a place of authentic communication where you can sit down with your partner and talk about these things. But a lot more so, it's communicating on those deeper underlying levels of really what you'll tolerate for a relationship. All right. And I guess in one way, it brings us full circle from where you started with your cab ride, where communication is much more than just the language you use. It's your tone of voice. It's your body postures to get the meaning across. So if we wanted to kind of refine those skills within a relationship, what suggestions would you have? Finding the skills of in a relationship, I'd say the most important thing you, t- you can do is go into that second position, go into that third position, and understand what that person is going through. From that place, I would also say to really try to understand that person. And when you do that, you're going to be able to set up kind of communications that's going to better able or better empower them to do more of the things that you like from them. Um, when you can understand what they're going through, that's when you can inspire some of those behaviors for them. So I, w- I would like to give an example for this because yep. it can be kind of challenging. Um, you know, my partner always does this. And so I often bring up the common example of the husband taking out the trash. And so when he always forgets to take out the trash, the, the woman has a complaint with that. Um, You know, they agreed on it. They set communication boundaries. You know, she does the dishes. He takes out the trash. This isn't in every relationship, but this is just an example for him. And so it's his responsibility to take out the trash, but he always forgets and she ends up doing it. What you want to find out is understand what he's going through, why he doesn't take out the trash. Likely he's not doing it to harm you. And this goes back to everyone is always making the best choices available to them. And when you can understand that it's feedback and not failure, you can also understand that you can get understanding from that behavior of not taking out the trash. Right. Yeah, and when you do that, then you can come from a place of how you'd inspire that behavior. And so, you know, it may be the situation where the first time you have to ask him to take out the trash, it's Thursday night. And so you ask him um, if you wouldn't mind forgetting. And at that point, afterwards, he's done after the trash, you go ahead and you maybe give him a kiss or give him a nice compliment. Thanks so much for taking out the trash. It's very common that people are going to keep doing the things that you appreciate for them compared to if you nag and tell them that they should be doing those things. That is where you're going to find more resistance. Instead, if you were just to appreciate for them for what they're doing or what they want to do for you, that's when they're going to be able to do that more and more for you. Excellent, excellent. And we had a guy on a few weeks ago, uh, Chris, who used NLP with dog um, for do- training dogs and the dog handlers. Beautiful. And, <laughs> and it does seem sort of very seamless, that stimulus response. And that technique might ring a bell with some people. So, Sean, 
Thank you ever so much for sharing your experience with us. It's been great. And I know on your website, altershift.com, there's a whole batch of resources, and especially around relationships and how to use NLP and you know, some interesting blogs that you've got going there. So if somebody wanted to find out more about what you do or maybe even wanted to engage you in some relationship coaching, how could they contact you? Absolutely. So you can find me at altershift.com. And I do offer a one-hour free strategy session just to kind of go over where you are right now and where you'd like to go in your relationships or even your life. Fabulous, fabulous. And the um, the article I, I like that you've uh, that I've read quite recently is "Will You Regret Life: The Deathbed Pattern." Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you go into it and and you go and see what your life would be like if uh, if you never did all the things that you wanted to. Yes. Excellent stuff. So a, a lot of resources over at the altershift.com and please do contact Sean if you've got any questions and you'll find his contact details details on his website. And it's been a real pleasure, Sean, and thank you for sharing your experience and knowledge with us and enjoy your time in Bali. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, John. All right, all the best. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And make sure to head over to NLPcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you are kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.